Hey everyone, welcome to the November 5th edition of the Colorful Plates Podcast. I'm Brian Denton, and if I sound arrested, it's because I remembered the end of daylight savings time, which meant one more hour of glorious sleep for me. For those in the food service business, sleep is our most precious commodity, so savor it everybody. Today we start our series on what it takes for a large-scale farming operation to transition to a new growing region with our interview with Claudia Villalobos from Diarigo Brothers Company of California and an overview of that process from Gabe Romero with ProAct. Our Making the Cut segment examines some key initiatives for tomorrow's voting that may affect restaurants, produce growers, and food service workers across the nation, so stick around. Instead of our typical market report today, Stephen Medina sat down with industry veteran Gabe Romero to discuss why large lettuce growers in the Salinas Valley move their operations during this time of year and what you might expect in the days ahead. Right now we're in that time of the season where we typically transition from the Salinas Valley down to Yuma. There's a little, also a little growing region called Huron, California, where some suppliers have also utilized that for lettuce needs, as well as a little bit of leaf when it comes to some of the suppliers. With transition, uh, why do do suppliers move down that way? I'm assuming it's weather. Yes, weather related. As far as row crops are concerned, obviously up in the Salinas Valley, we can continue to grow cauliflower and broccoli year round. It just depends on the the ground and where they're where they're situated within the Salinas Valley. Yuma is the ideal place during the winter months. The weather is perfect. Uh, nighttime temps don't get too cold. We do have some freezing temps down there every once in a while in January. That can hurt us. But for the most part, the weather and the ideal growing regions for down there on all the row crops are more ideal than loading up here in Salinas, California all the time. Yeah. So uh, with that, do we because of the great growing conditions, uh, is there really a quality difference? Do we see pretty much identical product coming out of Salinas and Yuma or would someone be able to tell, oh, this is a Salinas product versus Yuma product? You know, that's a very good question. You know, over the years with seed varieties and obviously the suppliers knowing the history and the, and the ground when it comes to Yuma and Salinas. Typically, when we're in the peak seasons of both areas, I you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Uh, the color structure, maybe the cell structure is sometimes varies, just depends on, on we don't experience that much frost damage when it comes to Salinas is concerned. We're down in Yuma typically in the end of December and January, you get that epidermal peel and we get some light, we get some light, lightweights in, in the row crop situation. Typically they have history. They have books that are years and years and what ground produces the best lettuce or the best romaine. They can pick and choose. Obviously they have to rotate the crops with broccoli and cauliflower and other needs to make sure that the ground is sustainable and it's kept in nutrients wise when it is so that crops grow well. So we talked about quality and how throughout that process, it's mostly going to be pretty indistinguishable from Salinas. Um, is supply levels the same as well? Do they, are they able to grow um, as much as they do here when they're in uh, the desert region? Yes, they are. In fact, the only thing though I see this year for coming is the romaine situation that we had last year, the scare and the, and the recall, obviously, Right now, industry standards, I would say they've planted less romaine down in Yuma because of just suspicion or or their gut feeling. I don't don't even know what you want to call that. But as an industry, I think they're down like 15 to 20 percent as far as when it comes to romaine. That's going to be a very, very interesting situation when it comes to the markets and the volatility of it down there. Because as we know, when it does get cold, things stop growing and the market is extremely volatile when it comes to that point. 
We appreciate Gabe taking the time to share that information with us. So many fresh fruits and vegetables are planted, cultivated, and harvested in optimal growing conditions, and eventually plants go dormant or are just uprooted during the cold weather, while other growing regions come online. What makes the row crops of the Salinas Valley so unique is the scale of the operations and also the fragile nature of these plants. It, it means that the growers that do take on this challenge plan for it all year. We spoke to the Director of Marketing and Culinary for Diarigo Brothers of California, Claudia Villalobos, who shared some of how their company makes it work. We are currently growing, harvesting, and packing out of the Salinas Valley, and we are just starting to get uh, ready for transition. So our transition will be into uh, Yuma, Arizona, and transition is, it takes a life of its own. Um, because we're such a large organization, we need to basically uplift and move everything. When we are in Yuma, uh, we use the Unicool uh, cooler there, uh, but we do have five methods of cooling our product when it comes in from the field to remove that heat, field heat, um, to make sure that that product does not break down in transition from our cooler to a DC or directly to a customer. This machinery all needs to be broken down and shipped into Yuma. And let me tell you, these are, you know, the machinery weighs tons, um, and we need special permits to transfer these, um, to transfer the machinery. Uh, we need to be approved to travel certain roads at certain times of uh, of the day. And so it, it is something that takes, it, it's, it's like orchestrating, uh, it's I don't know how to orchestrating what it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it, uh, let's just say that it, it takes a village to to break down everything and to orchestrate the movement of the machinery from the Salinas Valley out to Yuma. So all that goes with yeah. So I was gonna say all that just comes with you. It's not something you have in both locations. That's something that's broken down in Salinas, taken to Yuma, and then vice versa when you come back up to Salinas. Um, that is that's in. That's an incredible undertaking. How how long does that take? What does that process look like, um, kind of from start to finish, from breakdown to reassembly in a, in Yuma? Well, for each of the methods of cooling, we have multiple units. So we begin to break down and start to take some of the units before we take the rest because we have some of the commodities already down in Yuma uh, currently. So we begin uh, the transition. The transition period is going to take us anywhere from four to six weeks to take all of the machinery out. Uh, that also includes, you know, inventory of cartons, um, you know, skirt ties, bags, whatever it may be. All of that needs to also be uh, taken over there. We are also moving field trucks. We are moving field buses, which transport the field workers from a certain location to the specific uh, ranch and block in which we will be harvesting that day. Uh, all of our field supervisors are transferred uh, into Yuma. And, and throughout the Yuma season, there are multiple trips from office assistants to our president, to our VPs, that are weekly traveling on the plane back and forth between Salinas and Yuma. So you can have... Anywhere uh, on one trip, you can have a few people from IT, a few people from accounting, a few people from sales, and a few of our executives on a plane leaving on a Monday, coming back Wednesday, the plane going back down on Wednesday, taking more people and bringing them back on Friday. So uh, very active between our headquarter 
management and heading down into Yuma. With that big uh, transition from from uh, up here in the Salinas Valley all the way down to, to Yuma, Arizona, um, I think a question that, that has to be asked is um, what, what impact um, can that have on quality and supply um, as, as you're moving this whole operation from one, one state to the next? So our goal every year is to ensure that the impact is, is not noticeable. Uh, we, we work tirelessly to ensure a seamless process, meaning that uh, the same growing production and harvesting practices that we have here in the Salinas Valley are implemented in Yuma. Now, if there is any type of deviation, that is because Mother Nature throws us a curve and product, it maybe there's, it has you know, wind damage or it's twisted um, or it has heat damage. Now, that's something we can't control, and all growers will face it. But in regards to a transition, we truly want a seamless product, and we want to ensure that our, our end users, the chefs and, and the consumers, are receiving a consistent supply of product that, you know, is a quality product. Um, and when they're calling in, whether it's to ask a question or to place an order, that we are consistently giving them stellar customer service, whether it's in Salinas Valley or in Yuma. So that's truly, truly our goal. And, again, if there is a deviation from our Andy Boy spec, regardless of the growing region we are in, that is something that we will share with our customers as soon as we receive that information from the field. We are sharing field photos, uh, field information with our customers so that they are aware of any type of deviation from our Andy Boy spec. That is, that is so important. The communication between our sales office and buyers and chefs, that, that is extremely important. And, and so we are always aiming at, at top customer service in regards to that because truly we uh, work very hard to maintain a, a top Andy Boy spec. Um, and so we want to make sure that that spec, people aren't, they don't know what region we're growing um, because that is how much we try to stay to that spec so that it's just a complete seamless process. That, yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that's obviously what you want. You don't, you don't want to uh, say like, oh, this is that Yuma lettuce that we yeah, have to exactly. deal with for three months. But it's just that we've got this great product that, you know, we, we found that we need to move down there. Is there anything that chefs or culinary, culinary professionals uh, need to know about? ordering or menu planning during these times? Yeah, in regards to chefs um, ordering throughout the year, uh, you know, again, our goal is to have that consistent supply and, and a quality product year-round, whether it is conventional or organic um, in our Andy Boy label. So there, there's not too many concerns. Um, if, if we do get a curveball uh, from Mother Nature, it's something that uh, all, um, you know, customers uh, – Chefs and non-chefs will feel, and, and unfortunately, you know, if we have to cut back, we, we try to be sensitive and, and, and be fair in looking at what people, what customers, what their 10-week averages are and try to give them a number that is consistent with what they're currently pooling. So obviously it behooves customers to order consistently year-round, um, and, and that, that sometimes can be difficult because in the summer they may do buy local, which you know, which we support as well, um, and understand why that 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 occurs. But 
on the on the uh, flip side is that when the market gets tight and and people do buy local and then try to come in for product, their ten week average will obviously be less. And so when we go to give them that ten week average, it, it will be less product that they're receiving, and that sometimes can pose a challenge. Correct, but uh, we try to work with our customers as much as possible. Um, but it all it is all based on numbers. It, it is a business, and we're all here to uh, succeed and and provide quality, healthy products uh, to our end users. Diarigo and the Andy Boy family of products have a tremendous name in the industry for a reason. They do things right and care passionately about their company, customers, and products. We appreciate Claudia sharing her time with us to walk us through some of that complexity and why they do it. As we close today, remember, tomorrow is election day, and no matter what is motivating you to get to the polls, the decisions that are made will have long-term effects on much of American life. For growers, they're keeping an eye on the farm bill, which stalled in the House earlier this year, and have provisions that are running out at the end of 2018. But they also think of an already tight labor market and how limitations on the H-2A migrant worker program could leave fresh produce rotting in the fields with not enough labor to harvest it. For food service operators, there's concerns surrounding labor. Mandatory wage increases are on the ballot in a couple states, healthcare costs, and local regulations that seem to disproportionately harm small restaurant operations. While federal issues drive the news coverage, it's often the local races, initiatives, and measures that will have the longest lasting effect on you, your family, and community. Making the cut today, get out and vote. Enjoy your extra sleep while it lasts, and of course, stay fresh.